The first reading may be found on page 1015 in the Church Bibles and on the screens. It's Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. The request of James and John. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority. Sorry. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. A second reading can be found on page 1179 from the letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who 
being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Marilyn and Delia, for that Bible reading. It would be lovely if you could keep your Bibles opened at Philippians chapter 2, page 1179. Let's pray. Lord, may you open our eyes to see you afresh this morning. Open our ears to hear you speak to us through your word. And may we open our hearts to know you more clearly, to love you more dearly, and to follow you more nearly day by day. Amen. I want to throw out a challenge this morning to ask, why are you here in church? For some of us, it's going to be really different, many different reasons. I was in Connect Group on Thursday morning, and they were talking about this. Why do we come to worship? Are we coming to worship? Are we coming because actually we'd feel a bit guilty, especially if you're brought up in Northern Ireland. You'd feel a bit guilty if you didn't go to church on a Sunday. Um, are we coming because actually it's somewhere for us to go and to meet some friends and just to speak to somebody on a Sunday because it's different from every other day of the week? Are we coming because, well, perhaps we want to get our children into St. Jude's school? So we have to come to church to be able to uh, get the vicar to give the tick in the box. Whatever the reason is, I want us to look at this chapter Uh, These few verses in Philippians 2, especially verses 6 to 11, and I want us to be excited. And I want us to see that we're actually coming here to worship our God who loves us. Jesus, who humbled himself, who left heaven above and came to earth because he loves you and he loves me. And I, I... I just feel that as we think of this, it's different from every other faith in the world. There are other religions and philosophies, all of which have been started by a man. Those men are now dead. Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, Krishna, whatever, 
here we are coming to worship our faith with a God who comes down as a man who humbles himself because he loves us. If you read in verse 7, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human life in likeness. And he came from heaven and died for me, died for you, death on a cross. And because of that, Jesus has been exalted. All will kneel, as it tells us in verse um, 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. One day, Muhammad, Krishna, Buddha, they're all going to kneel at the name of Jesus. See, Jesus is the only one who claims to be the bread of life. Jesus is the only one who claims to be the light of the world. Jesus himself tells us that it is only through him that we can come into God's presence. In John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And here on Wednesday morning in church, some of us were reading through Acts chapter 14, or chapter 4, verse 12, where Peter picks up on that, and Peter says, there is no salvation in, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. Aren't these verses fantastic? God loves us. God left heaven and came here to earth to live a sinless life and to die for you and me because he wants to be in relationship with us. I don't know how many of you like climbing mountains. Um, I'm looking around to see if anybody I can say, oh yeah, there are a few like climbing mountains. Oh, Paul, <laughs> yeah. Well, a few years ago, Joss, the children and I went up Snowdon. Now, if truth be told, and if the children were here, they would be laughing at this point, because they all walked up, and I actually went in the train. <laughs> because it was raining, um, and I had a sore knee at the time. I couldn't have walked up. So, anyway, I kept assuring them, it's going to be fine. The weather forecast said, it's going to be great. Um, we'll get up to the top, we'll have this wonderful view, and it'll be all worth the effort. So, they got up there drenched. Um, when we got there, the weather forecast unfortunately was wrong and the rain was still pouring down, the clouds were still heavy in the sky and we didn't see this wonderful view that we'd gone up to see. And sometimes I wonder, do we come to church and we listen to God's word, we, we join in with the songs and but, you know, we don't really experience meeting Jesus. We don't see that wonderful thing that we know is there. Conversely, John Gray was here this morning, so he could relate to this. As we flew across to South Africa, 
And I was so looking forward to going on holiday, to come down through the clouds, to see the view of Table Mountain, to see the Atlantic Ocean with the sun glinting on it and Robin Island and False Bay and the hot and tot Hollands. I knew the view. I was really looking forward to it. And down comes the plane. And there it is. Wonderful. And it's as we read these verses that we can really see Jesus, who he is, this God that we have come here to worship this morning. That God who loves us, who cares for us, who came down from heaven and died a death for you and me. I doubt that many will have heard of Father Maria Boss. I don't see anybody nodding their head. Father Maria Boss decided in the 1850s that he wanted the people of Rio de Janeiro to really see Jesus. And he was very keen to build a statue. Now, it wasn't until the 1920s that that statue, Christ the Redeemer, Jesus standing at the top of the the forest, looking down on Rio de Janeiro. We must have seen this countless of times as you watched the Olympics. We even heard, um, as as the the commentators were out on uh, watching the rowing, as the cyclists were out on the road races, how many times did even Sue Barker in in the uh, commentary box talk about Christ the Redeemer? And I thought, yeah, wow. Christ the Redeemer. How many times was Jesus exalted during the Olympics? How many people all over the world heard of this Christ the Redeemer? And this is this Jesus who we have come to worship today. Now, Forgive me for being Irish. We've looked at the second part of the reading. Now let's look at the first part, the first few verses of chapter 2. This sermon series that we've been following, and I'm going to follow for a few weeks more through Philippians, is entitled A Christ-Centered Life. And today's title is Christ's Humility. Now, if you remember what Marilyn read from the book of Mark, where the, where the disciples were arguing amongst themselves about who was going to be the most important. But Jesus, as he so often did, turned the worldly view upside down. And in verse 43 of Mark 10, he said, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And that's the example that Jesus set us as he humbly followed the will of his Father. And so Paul picks up on that in his letter to the Philippians. In verses uh, verse 3 and 4, he says, and verse 2, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look 
not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul was writing that to the church in Philippi, and I think Paul writes that to us today. It applies to us as our church, as our church family. I have a wonderful husband most of the time. I have three children, and I have a grandson who I love dearly. They're my family, but you are also my family. You are my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I am here to meet with you on a Sunday to come together, corporate worship, to worship our Lord Jesus. And I just wonder, as we together, as God's family here, and as part of God's family here in South Sea, do we love each other? Do we even know each other? In case you don't know, my name is Ruth. I know some of you and some of your names. I would love to know everybody. I would love us to love each other, to serve one another, to get to know each other. Mother Teresa said in one of her many quotes, the greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, But the only cure for loneliness, despair and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. So Paul exhorts us as a church community to have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, to look to the interests of others, rather than our own interests, to have humility and servanthood evident among us. Now, God can speak to each one of us as an individual. You know where you are. You know where you need that humility in your life. And you can ask God to really speak into your heart, to challenge you about that. But as a church, I would love to challenge us all as well. I would love to challenge us to show love to each other. I would love us to just look around. There are people that we don't know. Why don't you speak to them at the end of the service? There are people who come in here week in, week out, come by themselves. And at the end, when everybody rushes up for coffee, they don't know people to go and talk to. There are people who aren't able to go up and get through the crowds to get the coffee. And they sit here. Why don't you go and get coffee for them? Don't just bring it back and leave it, give it to them, and then go off and speak to your friends. Bring it back and sit with them. Sit and chat to them. Ask them how they are. How has their week been? Can you pray for them? And maybe your friends will come over and you can sit and have a discussion together. See, John, Jesus in John chapter 13 tells us to love one another so that others may know him. And what an encouragement that could be as we grow in love for one another, 
as we in humility try to follow Jesus' example, then others will be attracted and want to know him too. And shortly we will be remembering Jesus coming to earth as we commemorate communion. And we'll be singing a song, Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. You became nothing, poured out to death. Many times, many times I think upon your gift of life. Lord, as we come before Jesus in memory, may we respond to him and may we pour out our lives for him as he has for us. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you reached down from heaven above. You gave up all that was yours and you came here as one of us because you loved us, because you are Christ the Redeemer who loves his children. And may we, in humility, follow your example to love each other and to love others as well. In Jesus' name, amen.